0: Hello everyone, I'm Jensen Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. He ran the field against all odds and scored the run that no one expected. Shocking his fans, his family, his coaches, and the world at large, making history for the Louisville Cardinal football team, and proving once and for all that the God he stood for, endured ridicule and rejection for, was indeed the God of miracles, and in plain sight. From there, after world travel and championship games, this highly gifted athlete would soon embark on a career in film and entertainment and a starring role in the number one breakout hit of 2015, War Room. And by this time, my next guest had learned to do just that, quote, war, spiritually, physically, mentally, and in every way. And now with his recently released 24 Counter, the story behind the run, the listener is invited to the backstory of not only the run that made history, but also the run he continues today, only this time from his heart and not just his head, as you will soon hear. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony a wonderful joy indeed award winning actor, writer, producer, author, and now director and founder of Purpose Studios, the amazing T.C. Stallings. T.C., welcome to testimony.
1: Well, after that introduction, I don't even know what to say. Thanks for having me. Well, hey.
0: Appreciate it. It's great to have you. Well, first of all, your directorial debut, 24 Counter, is a great watch, very inspiring, and it's actually based on the devotional you penned entitled Playing on God's Team, published by Broad Street. So, shout out to my good friend, Suzanne Niles. Uh, and her team for Mm -hmm. connecting us today but before we begin TC to unpack the making of your documentary I'm aware of your mother who recently made her way to glory due to COVID-19 as well as your grandmother talk about that if you can and the impact she had on your life and in the making of your film
1: well um you know, every time I'm asked that question, I always initially just get the same thought. Um, you know, I'll see her smiling face and her telling me how proud she is of who I am as a man and um, the things that I've accomplished, the way I raised my family. Uh, she just constantly would encourage me to just keep pushing and keep going, and she was always looking forward to the next things that I would do um and so you know even with this documentary she's her fingerprint handprint and footprint is all over it because she was my inspiration from the day that i was born to just be something and in trying to impress her and take care of her and be everything i could for her by using the game of football i ended up running head-on into a encounter with jesus through scripture and prayer that completely changed my life so Again, people ask me how you deal with it, and I always say, "Well, it's painful, extremely, um, but my pain is often superseded by the joy that I have in two things: that she knew Jesus, so she's with Him, and uh, and that I'll be able to see her again because of her planting the seed in me to get to know Jesus." You know, so um, you know that's that's how my I'm impacted by my mom, and and of course, you know, four weeks after she passed, my grandmother passed as well. My grandmother was 93. Um, so wow. I took it a little bit differently, um, but nonetheless, losing them both in such a tight span and during this pandemic was well, tough to deal with. But, uh, but yeah, I just I just plan to just keep making her proud. That's my goal, just keep making her proud in everything that I do. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, whenever the Lord decides to come back or I pass on, I know for sure I'll see her again.
0: Yes, you will. TC, thank you so much for sharing Uh, when so many are hurting today from the loss of loved ones due to covid-19 or whatever the cause uh, may be so i want to get right into your wonderful 24 counter the story behind the run you waited 20 years to tell your backstory to the run that made history why now
1: well you know i I would love to take credit for having the patience and know how to wait 20 years like it was strategic. But I really felt like more so that the Lord was holding me back from doing it anytime sooner because this happened in 2000. And really when all of this was going down, you know, um, and when I say this, for those who may not have seen it, you're just going to see that I dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, personal attacks, you know, uh, the persecution type things, you um, during my collegiate years as a Christian athlete, and I just felt more like a victim at the time. It was more about me at the time and what was happening to me and what I wasn't getting and what opportunities wasn't coming my way. And having that victim mentality, had I told this story back when I wanted to tell it, it would have focused more on me. It would have focused on more of of what I didn't get a chance to achieve because of this situation with the persecution and you know people not liking me because I was an outspoken Christian and all of that, and, and this was almost my way of getting—not necessarily getting back at them—I should say, more accurately, it would be to let the let the the fans know why I wasn't on the field as much. Let the fans know, hey, I'm good enough. These they just got in my way because they didn't like me Christian. Like you, you started to focus on your own personal agenda. But in waiting back up, by having having the Lord hold me back, (laughs) when it gets released now, the focus isn't on football, it isn't on coaches, it isn't on me, it isn't on UK, it isn't on Louisville, it isn't even on the game. The focus ends up being completely and solely on Jesus Christ and how he transformed me into someone truly meant to follow him. And that is a much more solid lesson that I would want to be able to be a part of sharing with the world than just personal feelings and my personal uh, issues to be aired out. So it turned more into a testimony more so than, you know, some juicy revealing vindictive type of project. And that's all due to God and his holding me back and and motivating me to do it at the right time because he's getting so much glory out of it now.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to T.C. Stallings star of War Room and his recently released 24 counter the story behind the run, T.C. You came from impoverished circumstances, uh, but was determined not to be defeated by them. What do you think? And you probably answered this in part already. Was the inner motivation that helped you come to that resolve?
1: I mean, I had my fun moment when I was a kid. You know, um, I was the type of kid that looked looked forward to Christmas at my grandmother's house and it was one of the few times where nobody was fussing and fighting in my family. Everybody kind of just got along and we opened the the few gifts that we could open. We ate a lot of food and all of that. (laughs) Um, And every, every blue moon, you know, I got a chance to maybe hit up an amusement park or something like that. But those times were kind of few and far between because of money. But most of the time, you know, I actually just did not like my childhood. I, I never really liked the, the neighborhood that we were living in. Um, I didn't have my father in my life. I actually didn't meet my father until I was 19 years old. So you grow up without that. And um, everything just was always felt like, you know, we didn't have enough or we couldn't do this or we couldn't do that. And, um, and, and you know, gangs in the neighborhood, you know, drive-by shootings and you know, people in and out of prison, it's just that made me, at my age, I'm already feeling like a little bit of a like a depression, and you're so young, and that's just the way you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I always had the love of my mother. I had the love of my siblings. Like We we loved each other as best as we do how, but you started to get the feeling that this is as good as it gets. Like This is this is life. Everybody around here lives this way, and this is just the way it's going to be. But there was something always in my heart that would beat for more. And so I would see on TV where, you know, if you ran around with the football pretty good that you could go to college and you could make a life for yourself and you could go to the NFL. And so at a very young age when I was twelve, um, now I started running around with that ball and all those things that I just said shaped my desire to get out of the neighborhood for myself and do something different. You know, I was the youngest of six and, you know, um, you know, the men in my family hadn't even graduated high school. Like nobody graduated like high school. I had one sister of all of my siblings who graduated high school so like the standards of doing things like that, you didn't get pushed to do those kinds of things, you know. And so I just started to push myself with the goal of changing the life of my family, um, starting with my mother and walking my way down and uh, for myself. And so that's where it all began.
0: Well, well, you determined at a young age that you were not going to be defeated by your circumstances. And I can't help but think that that was the grace of God on your life to bring you uh, to that determination, in light of the next question I'm going to ask you, and here it is In our world today, there is rioting in the streets, buildings being burned, innocent lives killed, and the mantra of, quote, Black Lives Matter being wielded like a sword, hijacking sincere, peaceful protesters and bringing back days of old that, if not learned from, are sure to repeat themselves. History, That is your thoughts, T.C., as a role model and a black Christian man with a platform. And does your documentary, 24 Counter, the story behind the run, offer a, quote, role model for solution?
1: It does. And it's Jesus Christ. And I just don't understand, you know, for those of us that are Christians, how we ever get away from that. Um, It is really plain for me. To, to look at as far as what's going on with the, with the world. If people don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, they don't look at the Bible as the ultimate authority for life. The things that I'm saying right now, I'm actually not even talking to them because we should be praying for them, being an example for them, reaching out to them, witnessing to them, and living a life ourselves that can show them who Jesus is. But for those of us, and I'll just speak as a black man, for those of us that are a black man, but Jesus Christ is Lord, any action that's taken to deal with the current landscape, we should be reading scripture and praying and consulting the Lord about what we should do and how we should do it. And then that way, I'm ensured that it's going to be done right. Uh, will it be easy? Uh, I don't know. Will it be painful? I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is it'll be purposeful. It'll be God-led. So that makes it the right thing to do. And in this stage of the game, I would just want to be in the right. So what you would see in a in a documentary like Twenty Four Counter, um, if we just replace The whole landscape now with the landscape I was dealing with, I was faced with an opposition. I did not like it. I wanted to strike back. I wanted to do all kinds of things. What I ended up doing was being, uh, by the grace of God, shown how to just consult him about what action to take. I obeyed him with that action, and yes, I still went through some pain, but I call that ordained pain because since I consulted God for the action and I knew what he wanted me to do by using Scripture and prayer, When I went into that action and that action hurt me, I still knew God was out in front and I needed to press through. Ultimately, even with the pain, I came out victorious. And the victory wasn't something personal. The victory was I accomplished the outcome that God wanted me to accomplish. So I take that same mentality today. Yes, we got all kinds of stuff going on. There are some bad people there are some cricket people, there are some violent people, there are some racist people, there are some, like, you got all kinds of people. But just like Scripture says, there's nothing new under the sun. You've had this all mm-hmm. along. None of it is surprising. God, so he still has the game plan for this. It comes through Scripture and prayer, and I don't complicate it. I keep reading my Bible, and I keep studying Scripture, and I keep asking him, with this current landscape, What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle racism? How do you want me to handle evil? How do you want me to handle sin? How do you want me to handle all of this? And then I play my role, but I don't do it off my anger, off what other people are telling me to do, off emotional or irrational actions at all. I I want to play it off my prayers and making sure the Holy Spirit is out in front. And if I'm doing it that way, I completely live with the results. And so that's what I would encourage anybody to do right now is to get behind the Lord and say, well, what do you want me to do when it comes to this current landscape? And then you act. But I don't I don't subscribe to actions without prayer, without the leadership of Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, uh, then I, you're, you're operating out a different playbook than what I am. And so you, you're actually playing on a whole different team. So now I'm trying to still do what I'm supposed to do, and I hope that these people see how the Lord is leading me to handle it, and then God gets the glory, and then they can learn to follow him as well.
0: Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, T.C. Stallings, director of his recently released 24-Counter, The Story Behind the Run. T.C., your film has been nominated for most inspirational documentary by the ICCF International Christian Film Festival for 2020. How rewarding is that? But most importantly, how important is it to know that your mother had a chance to view it Before her passing, your thoughts?
1: Oh, fantastic. I mean, it was a great honor, especially since, um, you know, some people don't even know, um, you know, if you look on IMDb, you'll see this documentary listed as a 2019 release. And obviously it's 2020, and it just really came out for people to see. That's because originally this was just supposed to be a YouTube project, a Facebook project. Um, I just wanted to get my testimony out and i didn't even have all the fancy graphics and so much detail and it wasn't a theatrical presentation i just wanted to just get my testimony out but i started to see other documentaries and i started to see the millions of people that will watch and i said well if this is my testimony and i can get millions of people to look at it and learn how to let jesus be the lord of their life and take first place i want to try and do that but then i realized it wasn't good enough like it wasn't good enough to to have to where people would even want to see it, or I'd be able to get it up on some of these platforms. So here in 2020, in the spring, I started working on revamping it and remastering it and getting it to theater quality, theatrical quality, where it could attract some viewers. And I got a chance to do that. My mother got a chance to screen it when it was pretty much just about done, and she absolutely loved it. And especially because she, you know, she was featured in it, and it was cool. But then in the midst of this, that's when she came down with COVID-19. And um, that's another testimony in and of itself because I could have just folded the project and just, you know, cried and just went crazy about that. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit held me up. And uh, I want, I completed it in her honor. And, and that's when I ended up adding a tribute to her at the end of it because that wasn't even in it before. But she passed away during the making of it. And uh, so I put the tribute to her at the end. And then I pressed through, and I was able. Now I'm able to tell people, like, hey, you know that peace that surpasses understanding that you read about in Scripture. Well, it's one thing to read about it; it's a whole other thing to actually go through something where you need it. And um, with my mother passing, I was able to stand up on, and, and finish this documentary completely by myself, and get it out there for the world to see to tell how good God is, how good Jesus is, how awesome the Holy Spirit is, at a time when I'm at my lowest point that's the piece that surpasses all understanding and I, and I can I can share that as well. So that all happened this spring and uh, to see it out there now up on Amazon and uh, where the world can see it is uh, it's great and to be nominated, you know, for most inspirational, even I didn't win it, but just to even be nominated and this is my first ever project was very encouraging and it lets me know I can do it and, then, and, and I look forward to the next one uh, when the Lord leads me to do that.
0: Amen and amen, T.C., I loved that part of your story where you charmingly and wittingly brought home a football helmet, your mother loved it, you loved it, and it was, quote, only $200. Well, she didn't love it so much after that, since the money wasn't there. But your dream was, talk about the importance of perseverance when so many come from fatherless homes and the mother is burdened to carry the load.
1: Well, you know, this goes back to what you had talked about earlier about the grace of God. Um, back when I was pushing through, I didn't—I didn't know that I was doing it because it was my God-given purpose. Um, I, I didn't—I didn't even know that, like at that time in my life, I wasn't even—I wasn't even pushing for the Lord. I had yet to learn how to push for Him. I think for me, it. It was just one of those things where, I mean, you know what? I'll me give you an example of, of, of how, so everybody listening can understand what's going through this little, this little 11, 12 year old boy's mind. My stepfather, who came into my life like nine years, so like nine years old before a man that had even come to help my mom, and he worked downtown in Cleveland. We go to pick him up from work. And just so happened that a football game was going on in the Cleveland Brown Stadium. At that time, it was called Cleveland Municipal Stadium. They were roaring so loud, and I, I wanted to go to a game, but I had never been to a professional football game, and I knew there was no way I'd ever see one. You know, uh, like you said, we couldn't even afford to get a for me to play city football, let alone get a uh, NFL game ticket. But I, I wanted to be on the inside of that stadium, and I, I remember telling myself, like, you know what? I probably would never get in there as a fan. But one day, I'm going to get in there as a player. It almost breaks my eyes as saying that right now, because I just remember. And I'm like, one day, I'm going to be in there as a player. And, uh, and that would be even better. And so those were the things that was driving me. But little did I know, this is the grace of God, he was planting a seed in me so I could get this passion and fire, press myself into a situation, and he was just waiting for me <laughs> my sophomore year in college in that dorm room. When I had that Bible study to learn about what it truly means to let him be Lord of my life, not football. I was 12 years old. So, around time, I'm like uh, 19 years old. So, for all those years, you know, seven, eight, nine years of just letting the fire be built up into me to where I would do anything for football, showed him that when it comes to something I want, I will give my all for it. And I had done it for eight years. So now he's going to tell me, okay, it's time for you to now understand that now it's about Team Jesus, and I want that same effort as you live life for me. And so it was his plan all along, just planting seeds in me from the beginning, making a little deposit. And, uh, and then I kind of, like the Apostle Paul, I just had my Damascus Road moment my sophomore year, and uh, thank God I responded the same way that Paul did, which is to just have obedience, you know, because I could have rejected all of that. Uh, but he put the fire in my heart, man, through the Holy Spirit to obey and. And I did that, and and he's just been in front of my life ever
0: since. Amen and amen. Now, this leads me to my next question. You mentioned in a previous interview that Jesus was not the Lord of your life. You talked a good talk. You even gave Bible studies, but it was more from your head and not from your heart. Talk about what this means and how 24 Counter will help the viewer get there. In other words... Make Jesus the Lord of their lives.
1: Well, I think people seem to think and I thought this too, that when you like start believing in God, believing in Jesus and, and, and you you know, you get baptized and, and you say, I believe that Jesus Christ is is my savior. Um if if we remember what it says in scripture, Romans ten nine, it says if you profess with your mouth that, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead I think what we do is we take that second part very, very seriously, but that first part, it gets glossed over. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and so there's two things that need to happen there. He needs to be Lord and Savior, and I think what people do is they accept him as Savior, but they don't let him be Lord because they don't realize that Lord means leader, that he becomes a leader of your life. So, like, he gets to decide what you do. He is the one that you should be running all your decisions through, and he controls your behavior. Like, you have to console him, and you have to start living up under him. Well, a lot of us just believe, and we start telling God what we're going to do, and, and we pray for him to bless stuff. and But it's always our ideas, our goals, our dreams, our desires, and we never officially trade those in for his will, his goals, his desires for our life. Only then is he the Lord of your life, you know, because when it comes to the Savior part, He is the Savior, whether we accept that or not. He died thousands of years ago for our sins and became the Savior of the world. So whether you accept that or not, don't change the fact that that happened. He is the Savior. But for Him to be the Lord of your life, that too requires an acceptance. Like, you have to accept Him as the Lord. And a lot of times, like I said, both of those things don't happen. For me, one of them happened, and I thought the second one had happened, but I didn't have a biblical understanding of what it meant to let Jesus be the Lord. So... What ended up being Lord for me was football, because football got all my time, all my effort, all my obedience. I did everything football asked me to do, but I was living the life that TC wanted to live, and then I kept my religion. I feared God as much as I knew, and I just kept the habits up. Um, But when I had that Bible study in college, my sophomore year, we read in Scripture where we read that that's not enough. Even the demons believe. In, 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 as far as who God is, That's right. but they don't follow him. They never transition into followers. You know, the rich young ruler, he believed, but, but what we know, he didn't transition into a follower. So what I learned in Scripture is that that belief has to transition into letting Jesus be Lord, where he takes over your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and starts leading you, and you obey Scripture, and I learned that my sophomore year. So what people who watch this documentary will see is you get to evaluate your own life and decide who's leading it. And if it's not Scripture and prayer, then Jesus isn't the Lord of your life. And maybe you're running around with this belief, and you end up a victim of Matthew seven twenty one at some point, where it says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. And people are going to be shocked when, they, when he said, "Away from me, I never knew you, all because you never let Jesus be Lord. And so that, that's what I hope throughout this whole thing that people see, Like, I have to let Jesus be the Lord. I can't just be this religious person and do all the little things and never actually obey Christ with my life through scripture and prayer. So if that happens, man, I've accomplished uh, what I set out to do and share my testimony.
0: Last question. I love the scripture in the Bible that talks about, quote, pushing on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which God slowed down for me one day, TC, and in this way. It's a, quote, push you will get resistance. It's a high, not a low calling. It's a God in Christ Jesus, not Muhammad, not Buddha, or Hare Krishna. Jesus speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Your thoughts, and how do you do this every day in your own life?
1: Well, for me, I, I, the more and more I read scripture, The more and more you see that the hardest part about being a Christ follower is the fact that the mere statement that what Jesus makes about who he is is offensive to the world. And even scripture says that, you know, by claiming Christ as your Lord, but not just that, taking it as far as it needs to go by saying there is no other way to know God except through Jesus Christ. When you start saying those things in the world that we live in, you get you are isolated. You are put in a situation where um, people call you all kinds of things. Intolerant. You're not inclusive. You're not you know, you're offensive. You're offending. And we live in a world right now where there is more effort put into not offending anyone than to telling the truth. And me and my family have just resolved rather than trying not to be offensive, we're just going to try and be as loving as we possibly can be. In fact, if I don't love you, then I'll let you believe anything you want to believe. And I'll make you as comfortable as I could possibly make you. But that's the most unloving thing that I can do. If I believe everything that it says in Scripture, there's a very, very controversial and offensive statement that's made in that Scripture. And you just said it. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And you have to regurgitate that throughout this world. And you have to live a life that where the Holy Spirit can lead people into showing others who that God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. And then when the darts come and the arrows come and the persecution comes, people got to understand that's also promised in Scripture that we will get that. So not all of God's promises are pleasant-feeling ones, but we also see that He has promised that all of it put together will come out for our good, God's good, pleasing, perfect will in Romans 12 too. But I won't trade the favor of God and Jesus' approval on the last day for the favor of the world. So that's what it really comes down to, It's just understanding that you got to speak the truth in love, and then you take whatever comes with that.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to award-winning actor, writer, producer, author, and now director of his recently released 24 Counter, the story behind The Run. T.C. Stallings, whose award-nominated documentary is a must-see. You can learn more about T.C. Stallings' work, ministry, and mission by visiting tcstallings.life and get his books, support his work. You will be blessed and inspired that you did. T.C. Stallings, sir, it has been an absolute joy bringing your voice to testimony for such a time as this. Your documentary, 24 Counter, The Story Behind the Run, is a must-see for hope, perseverance, and in the end, surrender. When all seems lost, the clock is ticking, the hurdles insurmountable, and the fans watching, you learned that letting go and letting God wasn't giving up. It was just giving in to the higher purposes of God, And because you did, the best truly is yet to come in Jesus and in life, on screen and off. T.C. Stallings, we thank you and God bless you.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me, God bless you too.
0: Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Gensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are Reaching Souls for Christ for testimony.